1: Welcome to the pastor's study. A few
0: months ago, I called a mission expert because I'm getting old, I'm gonna die someday. I wanna make sure when I die, that God gets my money. Not a greedy relative, not the government. I want God to get my money. So I called Pastor Dave Gibson from Grace Church, Eden Prairie, who's their mission and evangelism pastor. Why here he is. Hi, Dave. Hey, Tom. Good to have you here. Pleasure to be here. And I asked you the question, where can I give my money when i 'm alive and when i 'm dead that does the best bang for the buck of hitting and bringing the most number of people to christ mm. do you remember that tonga i do and and I what do. did you tell me do you remember
1: well i I think I probably s- said you know you begin in the local church where you're you're you've been fed and where you have your so give to your local church yeah epicenter of uh, where you've grown spiritually but uh I, I think in terms of mission, uh, giving to where it's, the people are reaching the least reached and the unreached for with the good news of Jesus Christ. So uh, in my opinion, and as we shared on the phone, I, there's one ministry that's really near and dear to my heart. It's called the Timothy Initiative. It's uh, based on 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Paul talked about, uh, to young Timothy, about discipling others, the things you've heard and you've seen in me, these entrust to faithful men that they'll teach others also. So the Timothy Initiative is a discipleship ministry, but the best place to make disciples is in the context of New Testament churches. So Mm -hmm. it's a church planting ministry too. What what part of the globe? They're in uh, over 40 countries now uh, with over 60,000 churches that have been planted. Uh, TTI is relatively young as a ministry. I think they've been in existence for about 12 years. So it's, it's really growing exponentially. For $300, you can uh, support a a national worker who we call a Timothy under the tutelage of a Paul who mentors them, disciples them, instructs them, holds them accountable. And uh, it's all obedience-based discipleship. Jesus didn't just say, teach them all that I commanded you. He says, teach them to observe or teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. And
0: so, so, so Dave, uh, if somebody has money and you wanna give money to world missions, just Google the words "the Timothy Initiative," right? And I went to you. I think uh, recommended I go to their once-a-year conference. Right. I was so impressed. These people are reaching Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims for Christ overseas, and it's where I want to give my money. Yeah. So, and then there was a second James Watt, who right. used to be this secretary of what defense of, uh
1: the interior of the
0: interior under reagan right his son has started a ministry reaching muslims
1: yeah what tell me the about co- highest that. concentration in the muslim world uh, his name is eric watt it's run ministries reaching unreached nations and uh, they're reaching all unengaged unreached people groups and unreached people groups where there's Basically, no believers, no Bible and no body of Christ.
0: What countries and, are, those, uh, are they mainly in?
1: We did a big, big project with them in the MENA region, Middle East, North Africa. There'd be 22 countries in that region. They are also reaching up into China and now they're reaching into Central Asia. But they have what they call the Antioch family of churches and it's really quite unique. They're engaging former Taliban, uh, Al-Qaeda terrorists, jihadists. Really? Yeah, in fact, we've had multiple meetings in Dubai where we have to meet covertly with these individuals. And I've, I've got to be careful what I, I say here, but uh, the people, these leaders have come out of terrorism and now they're terrorizing the devil for the <laughs> cause of Jesus Christ. So, so if so.
0: somebody wants to uh, support that ministry financially, and what did they Google the uh, run
1: run ministries r-u-n right reaching unreached nations Eric Watt reaching unreached right. nat- and
0: mainly he's going after the Muslims
1: Muslim world and also the some into the Hindu world but also the Buddhist world Central Asia uh, the Muslim world so
0: these are I mean again everybody if you're looking for a place to give money give to your local church like Dave just said but then also find a couple good missionary groups like the Timothy Initiative and Reaching Unreached, unreached nation. Nations.
1: And there's a consortium of all of these church planning ministries that I, I'm on the executive committee with. It's called the Global Alliance for Church Multiplication, under the leadership of Bekele Shanko, who's heads, he's a senior vice president at Crewe, uh an Ethiopian national. Just a mm. vibrant, dynamic, brilliant Christian leader and there's over 90 church planting organizations. You could support GACX, the Global Alliance for Church Multiplication. The collective goal of that network is to plant five million churches amongst the unreached people of the group to finish the task to have a church for every thousand people. About five billion people in the world today who don't have access to a local church in the least reached and unreached world.
0: And see, this is the kind of thing people should be giving their money to. Right. Because listen, when I see Christian preachers on t- Christian preachers on TV and they're they're wanting their next jet and they're asking you to donate to their jet right. I'm thinking come on right. you know and so and you know somebody who gives our ministry says Tom I know you're frugal with your with our money I've seen the car you drive yeah. <laughs> but these people are frugal and yeah. so don't don't not give because you're you're nervous about right. it so Dave you, you fly 200,000 miles a year to support missions. Right. Wow. And can we just, uh, for people that don't know what a Buddhist believes, mm-hmm. what a Hindu believes, mm-hmm. what a Muslim believes, right. can we just, in a nutshell, uh, mm. and, and what does a Muslim believe?
1: there's five pillars of islam they have what they call the shahada or the confession of faith there's no god but allah and muhammad is his prophet so you Mm -hmm. confess that and uh then they have the giving of alms they have to give to the poor they have the al-hajj which would be the journey to mecca during their lifetime Mm
0: -hmm. once a lifetime
1: right and uh then they uh they have to embrace the quran and uh there is a, a sixth element of uh, of is- Islam. Some would add the jihad to that, but that would be giving your life for the, the cause of uh And of, do they believe Islam. in heaven and hell? They do, and uh, they, they believe in Jesus, but Jesus would be a prophet. I just had a long talk with Abdi yesterday over, I was having a little heart monitor uh, the checkup yesterday over at Methodist Hospital, and I got into a conversation with Abdi, and. He said well, well I agree with a lot of what you're saying as I was sharing my testimony in the gospel with him but he says I we just believe that Jesus is a prophet right and so he's not the Savior no in
0: fact I think a lot of Muslims believe that Jesus did not die on the cross Judas right, died on the
1: cross right that, but they
0: do believe Jesus is coming back so it's kind of a strange it's not a salvation right all right tell me what does a Buddhist believe
1: uh, there's an eightfold path. It's really a philosophy. Buddha didn't even claim to be a god. He wasn't a deity. And uh, You can be an atheist. And be right, a Buddhist. Yeah. right. But it was a philosophy of life. It was right thinking, right behavior, right conversation, right morality. And it, you, you travel this uh, eightfold path, and if you live a good enough life, eventually you'll get to nirvana and uh they believe that there's there's a reincarnation and that you keep getting better and better okay and it's really your works righteousness right. it's not to yeah. the core and, and so they they encourage people to they learn the eight tenets of buddhism and okay. and it's everything about right behavior right it's a kind of a bootstrap kind of yeah theology. Save yourself yeah. by your own good yeah, works be a good person and yeah.
0: what about hindus
1: hindus uh they would believe in, the, they're polytheistic, they would believe, that whereas a Christian or a Muslim would be monotheistic. One God. One God, yeah. The Muslim would not believe in the Trinity, but the Buddhists would, or Hindus, uh, some sects, there's different sects of Hinduism, but there's, they would believe there's 130 or 33 million gods, you mm-hmm. and I, and uh that uh, these are different gods. That I, I, I sat down with a couple of businessmen on an airplane once, and I I said, "Can you name all of your gods?" And I said, "Which one of them provided a sacrifice for your sins?" And uh, which one can you say you know in a personal way? Yeah. So they uh, they also believe in a, a philosophy of reincarnation yes. that uh, they're gonna come uh, back. Yeah. In fact, uh, right along the Ganges River, we've got to work there in a place called Varanasi. It's one of the seven holy cities for the Hindu. That's one of the holiest cities. And along that river, they'll be burning bodies along the banks of the Ganges, and they'll have seven Hindu priests up on the Mm -hmm. top of the banks. They're crying out. Uh, They do what they call a fire dance. They're putting their gods to sleep every night, and uh, it's quite a spectacle. They'll have hundreds of thousands of Tourists, it's, it's a real tourist attraction, but it's—I go there and it just breaks my heart. Is oh. there they sprinkle the ashes of their loved ones on the Ganges River? It's a yeah. holy river, and then al- they'll
0: probably come back as a cow or a yeah, human, right. and they keep you keep coming back to this life until you're perfect enough, and then you get. Abs- am I right? You're absorbed into nothingness. Is that what happens? Right,
1: right. Okay. Yeah. It's, and it's
0: a, am I right to say the only world religion that teaches teaches we're saved by God's grace? and not by earning it by your own good works as Christianity. Would you say that's exactly accurate? Exactly,
1: exactly. Okay. Yeah, God's not at the top of a ladder saying, climb, 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 and that every other religion would be, do this, do that, chant, pray, meditate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, God came down and yep. hung on a cross in the person of his son Jesus. There you go,
0: and let's do that. When a missionary goes into a village that has never heard Christ. Why don't you reiterate, just in case somebody's watching this that doesn't know about Christianity, what's the basic gospel message, gospel meaning good news, what's the basic thing that a missionary preaches?
1: Well, I can give it to you, life in six words. Uh, G-O-S-P-L, God our sins, paying every, every one life. God created us to be with him, to have a relationship with him. But our sins separate us from God. Mm -hmm. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but sins cannot be removed by good works or being religious, going to church. Just because a mouse lives in a cookie jar doesn't make him a cookie. Just Mm -hmm. because a person goes to church doesn't make him a Christian. Mm -hmm. I did it for 17 years. And uh, so sins can't be removed by church or or, uh, good works. Everyone paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. That's the good news of the gospel. Paul said, I deliver to you of first importance importance. the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. According to the scriptures, he was buried and in three days he rose again according to the scriptures. That's it. And then everyone who trusts in him alone will have eternal life. Salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Well, you sound
0: just like Martin Luther. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Lutheran. <laughs> One okay. of the Solas there, right? The three Solas.
1: Yeah, and that life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. That's great. a meta narrative of the Scriptures. That's the essence of the gospel. G
0: O S P E L.
1: Yeah. In fact, you can go go to Dare to Share uh, Life in Six Words. You can get an app that lays it all out. It's great. a great way to share your faith. There you go.
0: Yeah. Um, what's the fastest growing church in the world?
1: Well, you know, a couple of places right now, they say Iran might be one of the fastest growing. They estimate well over a million uh, people have come to faith in Christ. They, I read, read a lot of articles about this incredible house church movement that the gospel is spreading like wildfire under this wow. iron fist of Islam. And wow. you don't see that on, on the news channels. And Nepal would be another place where back in the early in two thousand or so there was probably a handful of known believers and now there's uh probably well it, it is actually one of the fastest growing churches. I don't know the exact statistics. I didn't it's, come with it. It's those, heavily but Hindu. Hindu but right now
0: lots of Christians coming to lots of people coming to faith. But didn't they just pass an anti conversion law to try to stop it in Nepal?
1: They have in both Nepal and India. It's uh and so you punishable by a, a pretty severe financial penalty and possible imprisonment too. So in we got to pray for the Christians in right.
0: India and Nepal that they won't right. lose their faith. Right. This is sad.
1: A lot of persecution out there. In fact, a lot of people don't realize this. And there's the day of the persecuted church. We need to pray for the persecuted church. But it's estimated that there's more people that have been martyred for the cause of Christ in this century than the previous 19 centuries wow. combined. Wow.
0: More this century than ever. You mean right. this century, like, since 2000?
1: Uh, this century since, yeah, in the previous 19 uh, centuries combined. Wow. Yeah.
0: And where is it worse? Where is the church under the most persecution?
1: I, I think there's multiple occasions. You look at places like North Korea, uh, northern Nigeria. I mean, there's just horrific stories of people uh. losing their lives and Beheadings in uh, the really a lot in the Muslim world in the it's worse than the Muslim world.
0: Would you say that Muslims are the hardest to convert?
1: Uh, They're pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you had
0: a story about a Muslim.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I was in Baghdad. Uh, We have a church right in the heart of Baghdad. It says, Jesus is the light of the world. Church has a cross on the top of it. There's about 400 people that worship there. And
0: they can have that?
1: They can, and they have cement barricades around the outside, too, so it has to be heavily guarded. But, uh, yeah, and they've been under serious persecution. The pastor driving driving to church one day, they had put a bomb underneath his car and detonated it while he was driving. Oh, my. Just totally demolished the car. He got out, they had to pry him out of the car. He didn't have one drop of blood on him. Wow. And people who saw the wreckage of the car said, there's no way that a human being should be able to survive that crash. <laughs> but uh, sending their kids off to school, it's very difficult, especially for a Christian in that, that world. Mm. But uh, I, I was out in the community with the Pastor Yusuf. Uh, there's a, an area where Saddam Hussein had a, one of his military compounds. And uh, they had bombed, the Americans had bombed this out, so it was just all rubble. And there, about 500 refugee families have been relocated there, either displaced internally without, throughout Iraq or from places like Syria and surrounding countries. And uh, through Samaritan's Purse and Grace Church and some others who've, uh, who've been very generous. Uh, provided humanitarian aid for the church to go out and minister to the needs of the refugees, mm-hmm. to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, mm-hmm. but also to not only give them relief, but turn relief into belief. And whenever people are in a, a state of transition and trauma, there's a openness. much greater openness yeah. to hearing new truth and especially the message of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, we were ministering to some families. The imam of the local community mosque came out and invited us to come into the mosque and have tea and i'm the only american there so i was getting a little bit nervous and but he was very very cordial came in uh, and a man sitting across from me uh, his name was razim we had just fed him and his family he said i don't believe in the bible this is the
0: imam talking
1: no this is a, a muslim man okay and uh i said that's interesting this is all in through arabic interpretation I said, uh, did somebody else tell you that, or did you, did you discover that yourself? And I said, have you read the Bible? He said, no. And uh, I said, it's interesting, you're critiquing a book you haven't read. I said, do you know the central message of the Bible? He said, no, I don't. And I said, do any of you know the central message of the Bible? And uh, they didn't. And the Imam, he said, well, uh, we, we respect the ngl the, the scriptures, but." He didn't know the central message of the Bible. I said, Well, I'd encourage you to read the Bible, and it's not corrupted. It shows the corruption in us more than the, there's no corruption in the Bible. But I said, I, the, the central message of the Bible absolutely transformed my life. And I'd encourage you to read it. And they said, Well, what is the central message of the Bible?
0: And, yeah, and after <laughs> many
1: years of evangelism training, I perceived that it might be a witnessing opportunity. There you go. So for over, over an hour, we had a chance to talk about Jesus. Jesus said, you search in the scriptures, you think in these, you find eternal life. It's these that bear witness of me. I said, you know, it's a message of love that God loves you and he loves you and he loves you and you and you. And I pointed to each one of about 30 Muslims sitting in that mosque that day. And I said, you know how much he loves you? He loves you this much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. That God demonstrated his love to us and while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was buried. He rose again. And he's alive today. And he's as real as the nose on my face. And he, sent, he ascended into heaven and sent his spirit into the world. And his spirit is with us here right now. And he says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart. And I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. I didn't think I should give an altar call in the mosque that day. Well, what happened? Well, I invited them to come to our meetings. Uh, We had over 200 Iraqis came to Christ that week. I was with Victor Hoshway out of Amman, Jordan. And in the church, we had these evangelistic meetings with refugees coming in primarily and other people in the community. And three of them came. And we preached the gospel and gave an invitation at the end. And Razim, the guy who didn't believe in the Bible, along with Abu Dawood, the Imam, and Laith, three of them came forward with tears coming oh, down their did. cheeks to receive Jesus. Wonderful. So, yeah. So uh, praise oh. the Lord. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, hallelujah. And know. you know
0: something I've heard on and off through the years. Do you verify this or not? That in so many Muslims lands, there are so they are so tight and not allowing missionaries that muslims have dreams about jesus yeah have you heard this
1: 25 to 30 percent of muslims who are coming to faith have had some type of dream or vision of, really? of christ and it's it's usually accompanied with, with by somebody coming and then explaining the gospel right. to them. Yeah. faith still comes by hearing and hearing right. by the word of christ but sure. but uh, dreams and visions and i you know it's interesting in the scriptures it says the greek seeks for wisdom you know they're more mm-hmm. cognitive and, philosophy yeah but the jew seeks for a sign the yeah. middle eastern mind is looking for that sign uh. and the the muslim mind and I, I really believe the lord's revealing himself and i think all the people that have been praying over this 1040 window where you have the darkest places on the planet 1040
0: window meaning 1040 parallel right right which is basically northern africa 10 degrees in-
1: north and south and 40 degrees it, 40 degrees north and south, it's latitude, and it's, it's a window between the Middle East and all the way through Southeast Asia. The
0: biggest unreached right. people Hi- group. Highest
1: concentration of uh, the world religions of relig- uh, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism. Uh-huh. 3.5 billion Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists that are literally on a highway to hell, most of them, without ever hearing the good news of Jesus. Uh, disease and poverty, spiritual darkness, it's a high concentration, but people are yeah. praying over those windows and there's a harvest, it's harvest time. Well, let's
0: talk about that then. You're part of something that, something called Go 2020. Right. Explain this to us, what is that?
1: Well, about a dozen years ago, there was an initiative called the Global Day of Prayer. Uh, Graham Power out of uh, South Africa mobilized prayer leaders all around the world. And they mobilized about 100 million Christians to pray And it was on Pentecost weekend. Out of that came a a global outreach day. They coupled evangelism with this massive prayer movement. It's now in 140 countries. They've had a global outreach day on Pentecost weekend. Well, that's become a global outreach month here in 2020. Between Easter, uh, where we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, and Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, we're saying, what better window in the life of the church than to share the gospel? So we're, the goal is to mobilize 100 million Christians during that month worldwide to share the gospel with a billion people. And in the US, we're taking 10% of that goal, praying that the Lord of the harvest would raise up 10 million Christians to uh, pray for, care for, and lovingly and appropriately share Jesus. Okay with, uh, we say everyone can reach someone, and together we can reach the world. So we say, who's your someone? Someone in your family, someone in your neighborhood, someone in your workplace, someone on your campus.
0: If someone wants to be involved in this, what do they do?
1: Well, you can go to the website, go2020usa.com. Okay. There's a video on there, there's uh, on-ramps for individuals, churches, denominations. Get your church involved, go talk to your pastor. I've been seconded by the church to be the U.S. director for GO 2020. So, And if somebody
0: wants to talk to you about this, or they go to at grace.com and you right. can send them an email or something. Yeah, totally. Atgrace, E-T-A-T-G-R-A-C-E dot com. Right. Okay, right. good.
1: But it's, it, it, Billy Graham was asked, who's going to be your successor when you leave? He said the church. Oh, there's 2.3 billion people in the world to call themselves Christian. Probably Mm -hmm. maybe half of them really understand what that means if if we're uh, uh, optimistic about that. But uh, what would it take to mobilize the sleeping giant? We're praying, uh, all the prayer ministries are coming together. We're praying for canopies of prayer over cities, over our churches, over our nation. Our nation needs Jesus more than ever before. Can you imagine what it would look like if every man woman, boy, and girl in America was prayed for by name. Uh. And then uh, we reached out with love and compassion, and then we shared the greatest message, the truth that'll set men free. Yeah. Uh, so we're praying for this massive wave. You know, we read about revivals in the past and a- spiritual awakenings. We're praying for that right now. We had 110 leaders, Steve Douglas, the head of Campus Crusade for Christ, and we've got prominent leaders. Uh, I won't get into the list of all the ministries that are involved. You can find out, that out on the Line, but it's a massive, massive movement of the body of Christ and coming there, what, together. Coming together when? and During the month of May 2020. Anything in,
0: in the Minneapolis area? Huge. Okay.
1: KTIS so, and all kinds of all churches right. and ministries. You'll be hearing a lot about it. But you can get involved. We want you to. We're praying that the Lord will raise up the Lord of the Harvest will send forth the laborers. And we're not asking people to come to an event,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: asking them to join a program. Okay. We're saying do what Jesus commissioned us to do two thousand years ago. Unfortunately, the Great Commission has become the Great Omission, and uh, not the Great Suggestion. You know, Jesus, it's a command to be obeyed, not an option to be considered. So yeah, we yeah. said, Hey, uh, could we all be a part of this massive so army? If you
0: want to be part of that, you go to. Go2020usa.com. Go USA. USA. Right. All right, we've only got uh, two minutes left, Dave. Okay. But, but everybody, just uh, w- we had this show on today because you're a part of the church. It's, it's your job and my job to get out there and to bring the, the loss to Christ. I encourage you to use your free time, use your conversations, use your money to support missions worldwide. And again, you can if you want to give to a, a good mission, the Timothy Initiative, Google that. The other one is called Reaching Unreached Nations. Mm-hmm. You can Google that. Uh, if you want to uh, contact Dave, it's atgrace.com. And we got one minute, Dave. Tell us, you, before the show started, you said pray for Bob. Explain yeah. that in one minute. <laughs> That's
1: my challenge to everyone out there who says they're a follower of Jesus. Uh, pray for Bob every day. B is a burden for the lost. Paul said in Romans 9, I have deep, deep anguish in my soul for my countrymen. Mm-hmm. In fact, he said, I wished I'd be accursed if it meant for the salvation of mm-hmm. my people. How, I, how many of us have an urgency and a burden? So Jesus pray God will God give you a burden. God will give you a burden for the lost. O is for open doors for the gospel. Colossians 4, 2-6, Paul says, Pray for me as well that God will open up a door for the ministry of the word, that I can speak forth the mystery of Christ and the uh-huh. way I ought to speak. I pray for one lost sheep every day. Yep. And that the Lord will give me a chance to share Christ that day. And then the third thing is so you pray for a burden, pray for open doors, then walk through that open door, the natural opportunities that God gives you. And then B is boldness. Okay. Ephesians six nineteen and Good. 20. Good. Pray that whenever I open my mouth, I might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel that I boldly proclaim it as I should.
0: Well, everybody, before you go to bed tonight, pray for uh, boldness, pray for open doors, and pray for a burden. We'll see you next time on The Pastor Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, PO Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.
1: If you've been blessed by The Pastor Study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastors Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.